This episode of Talk Central is brought to you by Pinnacle, Africa's top ICT distribution business, delivering the exceptional every time. I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 230 for the week starting 12 August 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. WhatsApp the show on 71 On Talk Central this week, Samsung's new note. Also this week, Vodacom and MTN are at it again at the ASA. Google ads could soon be coming to an outdoor billboard near you. And we look at Android 9 Pi. Hmm, nice. It's Sunday, it's 1 p.m. and we're live and live at techcentral.co.za and it's time to talk everything tech. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rehart? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. Uh, lots to talk about today, but um, just a reminder, you can reach us on the show. The number to use via WhatsApp is 71 And we've got a message here from uh, from Vepina, uh, which uh, I'm going to play quickly. It's rather amusing. Have a listen to this. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Duncan and uh, Rehart. It was really nice. To, I can't believe it, but Duncan actually said something nice about Apple. I was pleasantly surprised the <laughs> whole time. I've been listening for the longest time. And uh, Ben, uh, Duncan, I don't know what Apple did to you, but man, you've, you've just been such a, a whiner about it. But it was so nice <laughs> to hear you say something positive. <laughs> I even considered getting an iPhone. I was a little bit flabbergasted. It's the weirdest thing. How can Richard go from being the uh, Apple fan and Duncan being like the Apple hater to swapping? It was just really refreshing and fun to hear. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Have a like a week. Bye. Look, that is a good question, Duncan. Yeah, I think I, what, must, I, must, I must have been off my meds last week or something. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Or that check, did that check from Apple Bounce. So now you're back, uh, back on the Android web. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's it's good fun, but uh, um, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I like I do like Apple products. They, I just find them very expensive, um, and um, I'm kind of mm. and I'm kind of mm. locked into the uh, Android ecosystem. Um, but I'm I'm keen to see what Apple comes up with in in September. I think I mentioned last week that uh, yeah. that six point rumored six point five inch iPhone ten is uh, is something that uh, appeals to me. I like big phones. Um, so. <laughs> There's a song lyric in there somewhere. I like big phones. <laughs> But uh, keep those uh, voice notes coming. Oh seven one triple nine double one double one is the is the WhatsApp line to use. But before we get into this week's uh, news, let's do the quiz. First question: Apple, Facebook, and YouTube this week removed content from which controversial U.S. conspiracy theorist? And related to that, which major social media company said it wouldn't be pulling the answer to question one off its network? Third question: Which South African banks are now offering Samsung Pay tap to go payments from on trial? And Nuspash has appointed a CEO for its new video streaming unit. Who is he? And the final question. Chinese internet billionaire Jack Ma was in South Africa this week. Which company did he found? And as always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. But let's uh, let's dive into this week's news, Rechot. And I, I guess the big news this week was the launch of the Samsung Galaxy Note 9. Uh, yeah. We're now two iterations away from uh, the exploding uh, Note 7. Um, and uh, so far, no reports of in, any more any exploding Note Nines. But Samsung seems to be getting a little bit braver on the battery front again. They've pushed the size of the battery in the new Note from three thousand three hundred milliamp hours in uh, last year's model, the Note Eight, to four thousand milliamp hours in the new model. So nice. that's quite a big jump in 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 battery. One one uh, presumes they've done all the necessary testing uh, to ensure there isn't a repeat of the Note Seven debacle. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not, also not forget, yeah, that wasn't necessarily. I mean, it was just the battery that was just packed in so tightly. Mm. Um, they did kind of overclock that thing a bit, um, and that's the result that it came. I'm sure they won't make that mistake. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you have a chance to look at the keynote? Have you looked at the product at all? Um, well, not physically. I have seen some of the stuff that's going around. The pen, that pen feature looks pretty interesting, I must be honest with you, um, especially now with the Bluetooth low energy technology mm. so that you can actually use it as a remote. Uh, I can see a lot of functionality coming out of that. Um, and, you know, with every iteration of these phones, I, I kind of find myself – I've never really been a Samsung phone fan, but, it you know, it, it, it seems like an interesting device. And 
it's becoming an option for me to upgrade to now that I'm looking at Android devices. Yeah. Although I'm not, I'm still not, you know, I'm still not 100% uh, sold on, on kind of the entire thing, you know, just the Samsung device. I've just never been a big fan of it. Yeah. Nothing personal. It's just, you know, you, you either like a device or you don't. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you have to like big phones to, to get the, um, to get this device. I mean, 6.4 inch screen up from 6.3 inches last year. That's only a, a small increment. But, um, if you remember the original note, I think came in at around 5.2 or 5.3 inches. So this thing has grown in size over the years. And mm. 6.4 inches is, um, is a big, big phone. Um, uh, I remember when the note originally came out, there was a, uh, there was a, there was a, you know, a lot of people said, "Wow, look at the size of this thing; it's massive." Now, five point three inches is actually fairly small on the continuum, um, and they're continuing yeah. to push it at the on the size side with uh, with the Note the Note Nine. It's it's going to be very similar, I think, in size too. If you own mm-hmm. the Note Eight, mm-hmm. you're not really going to notice this increase in size. But six point four inches is a big screen. Yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to. I've got a, the the One Plus Five, and I still I'm still trying to get used to the bigger screen size. Mm. Almost every day, I find myself dropping it, or it slips out of my hand I'm, because of the size. I'm used to I'm used to operating a phone that's a little bit smaller in the iPhone yeah. Seven, uh, sorry, 6S, which is kind of the same kind of size, right? Um, so I don't. I'm giving myself more time to kind of play with it. You know, having a bigger screen at your disposal is. Fantastic! It's just some of the logistics that come with it. You yeah. know, where, whether you put it in your pocket, it falls out of my pocket so often. Um, it's strange. It's strange to have these weird um, handling areas with a device that I've been carrying with me for the last you know, 20, 30 years, you need since, to, since phones came out. You, you need a cover with a handle on it so that you can carry it like a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of, you look, yeah, my notebook's already a beast of, an, of a machine enough. I, I don't need to, to carry another ton <laughs> with me. Look, it's not, it's, it's, I guess it's a usability area. It's something I need to get used to because it's, mm. it's only been a few months since I've kind of full, been on a full-time Android slash larger phone um, usage scenario. Yeah. But yeah, Apple, uh, Samsung, you know, what they're doing with these devices, clearly giving devices to the people, you know, giving the top devices to the people that they clearly want. Yeah, there's certainly demand for this sort of thing. And, um, I've never used one personally, but I believe that, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who swear by the S Pen, mm. that it's absolutely mm. essential to the work that they do on their phones. And I suppose if you, if you like to draw, um, or you like to be creative on your phone screen, then that S Pen is absolutely essential. Now, so many apps that support it now. So, from a from a creative's point of view, I can see so much use out of that. Not not just for jotting down notes, because you know the technology has also improved quite a lot from um, you know the first generation of uh, on screen writing um, capabilities. Mm. What you can do with these devices, and at least with the previous generation that I've played with, it, it was really pretty impressive then. Now to have you know better screen, uh, obviously smarter technology. That's a Bluetooth low uh, low energy Bluetooth pen, which obviously makes a bit of a difference too in terms of um, what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm for the first time again looking at it, saying, hmm, I can I can do a lot of cool social media stuff with uh, joint capability on a, on a, on the screen. Yeah, for sure. Not just for note taking. I mean, yeah. not that I would be taking a lot of notes on it. I wouldn't think, but it's nice to have. Yeah, I um I I was a bit um. What's the word? Um, skeptical when Apple announced that they were bringing a pencil to the to the iPad, and I thought, you know, Steve Jobs would never have done this. Um, mm. But I'm actually thinking now next for my next iPad upgrade, and um, it will be an iPad. I won't consider an Android tablet. I just don't think they're as good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm going to get the iPad Pro uh, with the Apple Pencil, um, especially with Photoshop coming to the iPad next year. Mm. Uh, I think uh, having that pencil and being able to to you know, write and draw on the screen and and uh, press buttons with a pencil is going to be quite useful. Um, it certainly makes a lot more sense on a larger screen. Yeah, but I, I, I do like you know what what Samsung has done with with that small screen. You know, and the Note, like you said, has clearly proved to be popular among yeah. uh, consumers. Yeah, not cheap though. Um, recommended retail price in South Africa: nineteen thousand rand for the one twenty eight gigabyte model. Um, there is a 512 gigabyte model. Can you believe that? 512 mm. gigabytes in a phone, which is coming. Uh, well, they haven't announced uh, the launch date for that in South Africa, but I think it's going to be not not too far in the future. Yeah. That, that um, phone will also support a 512 gigabyte SD card. So in, in essence, you can turn it into a one terabyte device. Again, makes a lot of sense, but I've recently downgraded to a 64 gig phone because I just, you know, I didn't have anything else at my disposal. And, I realize I don't really, really use that much storage space. Even if you stream music and if you save music for offline, and even if you save a lot of photographs, yeah. uh, 
capacity isn't what it used to be, really. I mean, especially with Google Photographs, you can offload a lot of that stuff to your to cloud storage. Um, but it is nice to see this because there is a lot of functionality, especially if you have a bigger computer-like device. And you, you can plug this thing into, I forget what the technology is, but this is one of those uh, Samsung devices that you can plug into a screen and use like a computer, right? Dex, yes. And you no Dex, longer, that's you, it. You, you, you no longer need a, a base station or whatever you call it on your desk to mm, hook it up mm, to a monitor. Mm. The Dex technology is built directly into the Note 9, so you simply just plug it into a monitor using, uh, using the yeah, uh, HDMI cool. cable and off you go. Um, it's pretty cool technology. I don't. I, I have a Samsung S8, and I, I, I must admit I don't use that because I have a high-powered Windows desktop. But mm. um, I'd, I'd imagine there is quite a big market for. I'd imagine, especially for home users who don't have a computer at home, simply plug that into a cheap monitor, and you've got a PC. Exactly. There are so many people that don't need anything more powerful than a, a good web browser. Yeah. And that's why so many people use iPads exclusively. My, my, my parents have. And stopped using the PC altogether. They just use the iPad for for their internet usage. Yeah. Um, so this makes a lot of sense. The fact that you can you know use it natively now. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah. But not cheap. They're certainly competing with Apple on the mm. uh, on on the price side of things. The five twelve gigabyte version is rumored to be coming in at around twenty three to twenty five thousand rand, um, which would make it one of the most expensive phones on the market. Uh, but then you, are getting, then you are sorry, then you are getting one heck of a lot of storage in your device. Oh yeah, no, no, definitely, and that will. You know, now you also start asking the question: like, how long is this thing going to last? Is this is this going to kind of last longer than three, four years? Maybe will people start using these devices longer? Um, especially now that they've gotten to a point where they're offering so much, and they're pretty good. Hmm. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's the compelling reason to upgrade? Maybe there's some new features coming out in the future. It's very um, iterative, isn't it? I mean, this phone, if I had the Note 8, I, I don't think I'd buy this phone. Um, mm. but I know the, the Bluetooth pen, um, S Pen is, is quite nice. I like the ability to use it to take photographs um, when the camera is not in your hands, so you can use it to, you know, set up interesting selfies and stuff. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's not a – it doesn't, just doesn't feel like a, a major upgrade. Yeah, I, I'm almost wondering when are we going to get to the point where we just uh, pay every month for the rest of our lives just to get the newest phone as it comes out. It just seems like that's the only way that you, they're going to be able to. Um, <laughs> Phones you know, as a service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pause. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of paying. You know, I'm kind of paying with a contract already. Let me let me just pay the operator, the the manufacturer directly. Yeah. And give me a new phone every few years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, effectively, I suppose a lot of people do that. They just get get an upgrade every two years and. Uh, yeah. It does work out a lot more expensive, especially if you don't have a, you know, and I'm thinking about this kind of thing now more than I, more that because I don't have a contract anymore, it's coming to an end now, end of this month. Yeah. So now you're starting to, to, to kind of make different decisions. Like, do I want to go for another contract? There's so many good pay-as-you-go options, but if I want a device, what are my choices? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're looking at affordability and the Note 9 isn't, uh, isn't yeah. the first choice, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting times, but, uh, um, the next big announcement, of course, is coming next month, and that's the uh, the next iPhone. I'm looking forward to seeing more about that. Uh, and the rumor is, of course, and we mentioned it in the show last week, that the the real big change in the Samsung lineup is coming early next year with the replacement to the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. And the rumor is they think that they're going to introduce three devices, um, and one of them could be the first Samsung bendable phone. Mm. I'm not sure how much that appeals to me, but uh, the rumors are. I still think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Space is always a problem. If I go cycle, let me wrap it around something or put it in my pocket. It's a smaller form factor. Mm. Um, Yeah, as long as it's not a bulky fold. I mean, that obviously would negate the whole the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Version version one of a of a bendable screen, though. I think I might set that round out. Uh, but think about your wallet. I mean, your wallet is a relatively thick, and I'm talking about like a guy's wallet now. Mm. It's a relatively thickish thing. I can only imagine it's going to be roughly that size from the drawings. Mm. Uh, if you look at how thick that bendy bendy back is, but you know, then again, they could up those drawings to 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 throw us off the scent a bit. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to um, I look forward to playing with the Note Nine at some point. Um, Nafisa Akabo, you know Nafisa, right, Richard? Mm. Mm. Yeah, she's um, we're launching a new. Um, she's going to be writing some reviews for us, and um, we're going to be t- tying that to a podcast. And we'll be chatting in some detail tomorrow about uh, the Galaxy Note Nine. That uh, podcast is going to be called Cars and Gadgets. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to chatting nice. to Nafisa about that uh, tomorrow. And she's um, she's playing has been playing with the Note Nine since the launch earlier this week. Uh, and so she'll um, she'll be providing some feedback and a, a bit of a review. Uh, so look out for that on Monday afternoon on Tech Central. And um, if uh, it sounds like your thing, then um, absolutely uh, subscribe to Cars and Gadgets in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we'll be uh, populating it through Pocket Casts, Apple iTunes, and all the rest of them during the course of next week or this coming week, rather. So let's let's move on, Rechat. Uh, Vodacom versus MTN at the Advertising Standards Authority again. Um, <laughs> The egos involved here are quite spectacular. <laughs> it's all over who has the best network. And um, Vodacom has won the latest round, although I suspect, strongly suspect, reading the uh, ruling or the judgment of the ASA, that there's going to be a, an appeal and, and possible further complaints against Vodacom by MTN. Um, it all it all comes down to to who can compl- who can say they have the best network. Um, MTN earlier this year... Um, uh, pulled ahead of uh, Vodacom in, in some reports. I forget which ones. I think the P9 report. Um, there may have been one other. Um, and then the second quarter numbers from Ookla and Atio um, put Vodacom ahead on, I think, 4G. Um, and I think they might have been tied on 3G. I forget the details. But I, I think the message here is that these two companies are pretty much neck and neck, um, and they're really having it out and um, arguing over semantics as to whether these whether they're allowed to call themselves the best network. Vodacom, MTN was taking issue with the fact that Vodacom was calling itself the best network um, <laughs> by relying on something called SACSI, the South African Consumer Satisfaction Index. Uh, they argued that um, in historically the networks have always used network performance as a measure of claiming to be the best network. And suddenly when MTN pulled ahead in the first quarter, Vodacom changed its marketing to say they still had the best network, but based on Saxy, um, which was probably a little disingenuous on Vodacom's part. Um, then Vodacom, there was a, an appeal that went to the appeals tribunal of the Advertising Standards Authority and uh, the appeals tribunal, if I remember correctly, it's gets so complicated, said something along the lines of that Vodacom has to clearly state that it is um, based on the South African Consumer Satisfaction Index and not just the shortened SACSI 2017 report, which is what they were doing. Um, so they have changed their advertising in that regard. And um, and the ASA found this week that they can actually do that, but there were a whole lot of caveats. Um, so it's, it's a big, big fight about who can who can claim to have the best network, but it's all a bit unseemly, and I think from a consumer's point of view, it it it, um, it does it does look a bit like petty squabbling, really, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, yeah, we kind of it, this is all marketing, really. It's just one person saying that they're better than the other because I said so. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, who, who, the, if, if the customer is still unhappy with you know every operator's got so many issues, you, know, you have so many customers. Complaints that I've seen from you know friends and family that just tell me what issues they have with their various operators. Yes, the guys just spent the energy on fixing that stuff. I'm sure we'll all be happy. Yes, um, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. A lot of energy uh, goes into into being able to claim to be the and best. Money, yeah. I, I can see why it's, us- I can see why it's important because um, you know I, I, suppose, I suppose consumers do tend to migrate to the network that has the best quality. Um, you sure. know, price is obviously a component, a big component, but. People do tend to migrate to the network that has the best quality. And um, if you can claim to have the best network, then I suppose there's some, some value in that in, in, in that you, mm. you may sign up more customers. Uh, yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, really, it really depends on your coverage in your area. So there's a lot of places where my operator is not good at all, and there's a lot of places where it's great. Mm. Um, and that's where consumers kind of just need to share that information with each other, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, okay, this is a really strong MTN or Vodacom neighborhood. Yes. But again, you know, is, is it really, uh, we're getting to a point where as long as you've got a decent throughput, um, you know, it's only it's only those of us with the high-end smartphones that really want to get the most out of that uh, e-connection. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure at some point it's good enough for everything you want to do online and and phone calls. I'm yeah. being I'm obviously being a bit facetious here, but it's just funny to see these people squabble around. It's <laughs> <laughs> got the best. Yeah. Anyway, it makes for fun stories, even though I have to trawl through oh, yeah. page after oh, page yeah. after page of Lee Lee's. Um, they do make for fun stories. Um, but yeah, it is it is all rather unseemly. Anyway, let's take a quick ad break. We're going to be back in just a moment to talk all things Google. Hello? I know you're there. 
Look, I can see the lights of the TV. Please, I just want to watch the finale. Come on, guys, I'll give you a foot massage or anything. Time to get your own fiber? Speak to Vox. Because for a limited time period, you can save up to 3,000 Rand in installation costs. And we'll send a technician to help you get set up. Hello? Go to vox.co.za. Get fiber to your home. Get free installation and activation. Open the door to endless entertainment. T's and C's apply. Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hot spot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get giga with it. Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super fast, super reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehart? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. So the story that came across Bloomberg this week really caught my attention. Um, uh, the report said that Google is planning to test uh, ads on electronic billboards in certain European markets with a view later to rolling it out around the world. And the idea is that um, based on all of the information it has on Android users uh, in a particular area, uh, hmm. it can serve up advertising that it knows will generally speaking appeal uh to those users in that area so if there's a big billboard um uh, i don't know let's use a south african context i mean let's say there's a big billboard in, in nelson mandela square in santon uh, uh google could target advertising based on what it knows about the people who are in nelson mandela square at that particular point in time um so it might know that they um I don't know, like to eat steak. So there might be an ad for a steakhouse. Um, it all sounds rather creepy, doesn't it? It sounds like the stuff we see in movies. Uh, I mean, there are so many sci-fi movies where the guy walks through the city streets, you know, the futuristic city, and the ads pop up talking yes. to him as a person, you know, buy this car, do this thing. This is just another step in that direction without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it creepy. We already have this kind of thing online. It's just a little bit more personal, right? Google already right. has a data on me. I already, and, and, and to be honest with you, I'd much rather have ads that's catering to my needs rather than getting random stuff that yeah. is just unsightly to me that I don't want to see. So, you know, it's a kind of using their services for I'm happy. I'm happy to give a bit of this and get it in a public space. It'll be interesting to see how it works. It, it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because, again, the, the, the key to, to advertising is, is getting to your target, the guy that's going to spend money on the product. Yeah. Um, it's not always just about seeing something. So yeah. being able to pinpoint that accuracy, it um, would also be fun to see. It, I, sorry, um, also, sorry, Rahat, carry on. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Uh, there's, there's, there's also a danger, though, that if it becomes too personalized, that it risks intruding on, on your privacy. I mean, imagine, imagine you walked up to a, a bus stop and there's an electronic ad on the side of the, the shelter at the bus stop, uh, and you're the only person who happens to be there, and an ad pops up on that, a personalized ad pops up on there for something like Viagra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought about uh, this the the Santon um, example that you put now. But I don't. I think it'll still. I mean, you don't get that kind of thing when you go online on your own computer. Yes, it's very personal, um, but but there's there's still a, a, a generalization, I guess. In, in such an instance, there will still be a general. So it won't necessarily be everybody um, on that minute or, or hour. It mm. could be a general. Um, kind of ad tracking based on the last weekend or they know that every Friday afternoon there's going to be guys there drinking beer on the, on the terrace so the ads might change like for cars and things Yeah. where on uh, weekdays during the days it'll be maybe a younger audience or uh, moms and tots you know that kind of thing mm. um, I'm sure that's how, that's how they would interpret it probably yeah because nobody would want to see I mean if you know that it's going to happen you get a very uh, embarrassing ad popping up it yeah. could be you would stop using that service yeah, um, it, it's fascinating though. Um, you know, it's just absolutely fascinating. Is it, what's particularly fascinates me though is this, this is this is Google taking the internet offline um, to continue uh, offering its its highly personalized and targeted advertising which, and, mm. and what it knows about you and offering it in in an offline context. Well, a kind of semi offline because these billboards will be connected to the internet. But sure, but. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, imagine driving down the highway and uh, and seeing personalized Google ads on the highway. Um, it, it certainly makes targeting a lot more easier. And I'd, I'd imagine that this must be of a big concern to your traditional billboard advertising companies. Mm, mm. So I just had some audio popping up in my, my ear. So I missed the last part you said there. 
Sorry, I was just saying it must be <laughs> must, must be of concern to the big uh, um, you know traditional ad agencies. The advertisers, mm. yeah, yeah. Look, but ad- advertising in general is changing. I mean, if you look at how you can advertise on the likes of Spotify now, it's very interesting what you can do there. Um, the, the 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 audience is still pretty small, especially if there's a lot of paid for customers. Yeah. Um, but you need to innovate. I mean, print magazine, for example, print ads is a is a dying breed you know you don't get yeah. much of that and people don't really get exposure to that hey, i'm all for cool technologies you know as long as we keep an eye on what it can do um you know but i'd rather that google push something like this than a company x that i don't know mm, maybe maybe i suppose we're still trusting that google will do no evil yeah true i guess we in, we, we'd rather we know it's in those we trust but um yeah I don't know. I've been I've been using Google for a long time, and you know I can see what they're doing. I can see how they're using my data in some cases, mm. and I'm I'm still I'm still okay with it. <clears throat> yeah, I I go through my privacy settings in both Facebook and Google once every six months or maybe a year, um, and switch everything off. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bit paranoid, but I I, I try to share as very as little as I can with these networks. Yeah, look, I mean, I also I do enjoy having, you know, going through those settings and, and I mean, I don't block everything off because I do, in some cases, still need, I want to see what is happening. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how the data gets used, Yeah. Um, especially in some of the industries that I'm working in, I need to be a part of it. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll just need to have to keep an eye, but it, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the idea here of, you know, taking the data and putting it out in, 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 on billboards like that. Except, except yeah. if it becomes hyper-personalized and starts to um, inf- infringe on no, your privacy. No, for sure, for sure. I don't, but I don't, think that's, I don't think we're there yet. We don't have that many screens. I mean, if you look at any billboard, a lot of them are digital now on some of the, the, yeah. the, the roads we travel. And a lot of that content gets pushed digitally in any case. And so now it's just a matter of pushing, um, like I said, car ads at a particular time. Mm. Um, or maybe it's, it's uh, the likes of multi-choice advertising um, you know, their shows based on areas where they know that their customers are hanging out. Mm. Mm. But look, unless you have all the hard data, it's all guesswork in the case. And mm. especially with the, with the broader lifestyle brands, it kind of appeals to the broader audience. So, yeah, you know. I do think there's going to be a bit of a pushback against this sort of thing at some point, though. Um, and you know, these companies are going to try and take it to its logical conclusion of hyper personalization. Um, but uh, I, th- I think there will be some pushback, and there is space for. Uh, services that don't um, record what you're doing, like the search engine DuckDuckGo, for example, which mm, offers mm. a high degree of privacy. No, for sure. But yeah, look, as long as we don't get to that 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 future world where you have screens occupying every open space that your eye can see. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or your That's Google, what we need to be cautious about. Or your Google Home speaker popping up, popping on by itself and saying, hey, you haven't ordered pizza from Pizza Hut this week. I think you need to place an order now. Do you want to do so? <laughs> That's <sort of> thing. <laughs> or I noticed you were searching for uh, for pizza two days ago. Would you like to order some? Uh, there's a great new well, piece of order order. for it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, you kind of already get that in some ways. Like it would show mm. me, I, I can see the kind of, I can see the ads that it's pushing to me, especially on Facebook. But there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of wrong information because I still get shown a lot of stuff that's really not relevant to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just goes to show that it's not necessarily the technology that's at fault here. It's just the people who also place the ads might target various things. So I might be targeting the wrong audience and it'll still display an irrelevant ad in yeah. Santon on this display network. Yeah. 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 Interesting times ahead anyway. Um, no doubt the sort of stuff is going to uh, push Google to be the, or Alphabet as their parent company is known to be the, mm, mm. one of the next uh, tech companies to reach a trillion dollar market cap after Apple did so uh, just last week sometime. Staying with the subject of uh, Google, they have launched Android 9 Pie. Um, Pie. They name all of their Android versions after desserts, and um, they've gone with a rather dull pie this time around. Uh, it's yeah, out I was hoping for, for something. It's yeah, out, yeah. Well, it's, it's out, out in beta. Mm. Oh, is it only in beta? I thought it was actually finished. From what I could see, like I'm still, we're still trying to find all the correct information. I've got a list of devices um, where it's where you can get it. This for for Google Pixel, it is out already. So maybe that's what uh, what you've seen. I think it's a final um, version, but they're going to add a few more things before that before it is made available to their manufacturing partners. That was my understanding. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and so, a lot of the manufacturers have also commented to say when they're going to launch it, um, and most of the big ones haven't made it available yet. So no, it'll there's take obviously time. some some work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, so the guys, obviously, the uh, you know before we get into some of the features, Google Pixel will obviously get it first, and you can actually download the ROM files already, the factory images uh, on Android Authority, which is pretty cool nice. if you've got a Pixel or if you want to uh, play with that. Um, OnePlus will obviously get it. OnePlus said they'll bring it to the 5, 5T, uh, 6, um, 3, and 3T. So they're going back uh, two or three generations, which is great. Um, who else was the uh, okay, Google Pixel, Nokia 7 Plus, the essential phone, uh, OnePlus 6, as I said, Oppo R15. We don't get that phone yet, I think. Uh, Sony Xperia's XZ2 and the, the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2S, it seems. Okay. Nothing so, yeah, Samsung. that's the pie. Yeah, yeah. Samsung, Huawei. But, um, nothing, yeah, I mean, nothing from what I've seen, but they would okay. definitely bring it out. I mean, there's obviously no doubt. It'll just take would, uh, time. Knowing Samsung, that'll be time, here yeah, middle of next yeah. year or something. <laughs> with all the with all the additional, yeah. Look, I mean, they, they would, uh, looking at some of the reports, um, yeah, no, none of those guys have mm. actually commented, uh, yeah. at least at the time of recording this podcast. Um, but it seems that uh, Android is certainly upping, and they're following. I don't want to say they're copying what Apple, but they, they're certainly following. You can see the same trends happening across around the industry with with regards to operating systems, and very much focused on um, obviously improving what what the operating system can do, but very much lifestyle helping you kind of understand your usage. That they also bring a feature where you can see how much. Yeah. screen time you're essentially using, which I think is a very cool feature. Um, you know, information is always key, and if you know that you spend too much time, then uh, you'll cut back a bit. Another in interesting... Yeah, in theory, <laughs> in theory. Um, two cool features I bring um, to the platform is adaptive battery and adaptive brightness. Now, adaptive brightness, I know we've had um, automatic brightness for a long time now, but adaptive brightness intended to be something else, and that is it learns how you use uh, the brightness and what you prefer with certain apps or in certain conditions. And based on that, it'll adaptive, uh, adaptively change your brightness, you know, during the time of day when you need your phone, use your mm -hmm. phone. So, mm -hmm. again, it's just getting smarter as to how you use your phone. The same with the adaptive battery. Um, it'll kind of learn how you use apps um, and the phone and then obviously be able to, uh, you know, put the, put the battery low power mode in those times when you don't mm -hmm. use it or perhaps just fire up one or two cores for, for other usages if it knows that you, you know, only using it in a certain way. Um, a lot of interface changes from what I can see as well. Just gesture control, getting around the operating system, the way that you interact with, with apps and what you launch within certain apps has certainly been an improvement uh, across the board. Um, and in, in, especially in terms of the interface, I'm really looking forward to seeing that stuff in action because you know, especially me having used uh, um, Android now again for the last few months, there's still a few things that I miss, you know, just in terms of basic usage. There's a lot of power in it, and you can customize a lot of it. But mm. it seems that they're addressing a lot of those just small little usability fun functionality that just makes it an all-around uh, slicker operating system experience. Now, obviously, the thing you have to worry about is are the 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 the, the Samsungs and LGs of the world going to, um, you know, are they going to mess with the operating system by introducing? bloatware mm. um, or maybe changing the look and feel i mean you, we people know how we feel about uh, stock standard android you know just give us that simple yeah. vanilla version yeah and let us do the rest that's all we want Absolutely. hopefully hopefully with with introduction of these uh, we know with the improvement of these operating systems um, hopefully we'll get the the manufacturers you know take a, uh, their foot off the gas on uh, you know customizing it so much yeah. it'll be so easier for them too right um just give us one or two customized you know customized features that we can opt in or out of um, yeah and then everybody wins yeah it sounds good i um i uh, i'm looking forward to playing with android 9 pie and hopefully i'll have a chance to do so before android 10 comes out um, although i'm not certain of that <laughs> 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 well who knows uh Vepina, maybe i will be on an iphone by then we'll see <laughs> I am threatening to do it, so maybe I should. <laughs> uh, we'll have to you see. Just, you just you, you can bypass it just by having one of each, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's true, and I have to try. All I mean, the as a tech edit, as a tech editor, you should actually just have one of each. I should yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've sold me. That's it. That's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might change my mind when I see how much that six point five inch iPhone costs. Mm. Um, yeah. So that takes care of our news this week. Let's move on to our regular features. Um, I don't have a winner this week. I don't know if you have anyone in particular that uh, caught your attention this week, Rehot, that deserves the winner accolade. Uh, uh, no, not really. No, not no, really. No. no, no, nothing. No one really stood out this week. Um, our loser this week, though, is MTN because their share price took a massive knock this week after they announced their interim results. I think the market was a, dis a bit disappointed about the uh, growing size of their net 
debt, uh, which I think is sitting at around 68 or 69 billion rand, uh, and also worries about um, the situation in Iran, where they're a 49% shareholder in one of the major operators mm. there. And, of course, the U.S., uh, led by Donald Trump, is um, reimposing uh, crippling economic sanctions on Iran and their worries about MTN being able to uh, repatriate uh, its funds from that country. So MTN share price taking another knock this week. It hasn't been an easy time for MTN ever since that Nigerian fine back in 2015, I think it was. Mm. The share price really is not going anywhere. So our loser this week is MTN. What's your pick this week, Rechard? So, yeah, I've been playing this little game. I've discovered this game. I can't remember. I saw it somewhere online. Um, it's still in beta, but it's very playable, and it is absolutely fantastic. It's called Spy Party. Oh, yes. And it's a pretty interesting concept. Essentially, you have – I mean, and, and the look and feel is also very, very cool. It's borderline cartoony, but, you know, it, it, it's fantastic. So you have two sides. You have a spy and you have um, a sniper. And it's it's almost like a puzzle game mm-hmm. um, where you have to figure out as a sniper who the spy is. Um, and it's uh, you play this with with two people, obviously. So you choose you can choose various characters in the game. They are randomized characters. There's a few settings that you can choose. Um, and the levels, I mean, they're not big. So you have basically a, a small setting that you can maneuver around in. Yeah. And then there are certain objectives you have to have, have to achieve. So as the spy, you need to chat to an agent. You need to swap a statue. Um, you need to plant a bug. There's these random things that you can do, and you can yeah. obviously select which ones um, within that certain time period. Then on the other side, the, the sniper then needs to figure out who the person is based on user behavior and, and how the guys walk around. And it's very cool. It's, it's um, definitely well worth checking out. Um, it's available on Steam for 150 bucks. Like I said, it's still in, 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 in kind of it's beta, so it's not the official launch version yet. It's improving on some things, but it's very playable. Uh, I, still, I haven't had any issues with it yet. Um, and it's it's just from an interesting point of view. It's 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 a lot of fun to try and figure out in a puzzle style who the spy is, um, or if you're the spy to to not let the sniper um, catch you in the act of one of these things. But you but you're talking to each other at the same time, are you? Or you can talk to each other. You over can. Discord. You can. Yeah, yeah. So so if you and I play this game, we'll be chatting over Discord, and then I can taunt you with you know with where I am or where I'm not. <laughs> um, it's one way to play. You, you don't have to. You can play with random strangers. Okay. Um, and the games are relatively quick, uh, three, four minutes. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can extend the time, for example. So one of the features as a spy is you can walk. There's specific spots that you can walk to to do certain things. Walk up to a window. You can check your watch or check your watch to add time. Mm. And that just shows you that normal characters would just check their watch, but you as the spy can add time if you haven't completed the objectives. Okay. But that's one way for the sniper to then shoot you if he sees you doing that. Right. It sounds like a, a kind of an updated modern version of, of the old board game Cluedo in some ways. Yes, and also, what is it? Um, Party Hard. Party Hard's a very, it's, it's not My the same My favorite thing. game ever. Yeah, that's, so if you like Party Hard, this is, yeah. this is a, a kind of a different spin, but it's kind of in the same, same line of fun okay. um, with indie gaming. And for okay. $150, bucks, it's definitely well worth it. All right. It. With, with praise that high, I think I'm going to have to get, get it and join you for a game sometime in the oh, next definitely. Uh, few no, days. You have to. Yeah. Great it's, stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. My pick this week is once again photography related. I'm uh, spending a lot of time on my photography and learning a lot in the process. And um, I've been playing around a little bit with macro photography. And uh, nice. that involves taking, of course, close-up images. Uh, in, in many respects, the closer the better. And um, I got myself a little Nikon AFS 40mm f2.8 GDX macro lens. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, it's a nice, uh, um, relatively cheap lens. It um, retails for just over 4,000 Rand. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it doesn't have um, uh, VR. It's not a VR lens from, from Nikon. But um, it uh, takes fantastic pictures. Uh, I went out to the Walter Sisula Botanical Gardens here in Johannesburg. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, and I uh, got some fant- fantastic photographs of mm-hmm. uh, of a grasshopper or locust, um, of flowers. Um, I'm really enjoying my macro photography, and um, it's it's just as much fun as as taking images of of birds and and, and game. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I prefer macro by far. Definitely, yeah. you see so much in the detail. It's incredible, and when you take it afterwards, you take it through Lightroom and Photoshop. What you can do mm-hmm. with those macro images is just incredible. Um, I, uh, these pictures I took of a locust's head. Um, it, it was, I stared at this thing in Photoshop for half an hour, just looking at the little, <laughs> you know, the little leg attachments and the bits of hair sticking out the front of the thing and just wondering yeah, how yeah. that thing, how this insect evolved and why it's got those, 
Um, well, it's got all those little funny things. I mean, obviously, the it had this these sort of strawberry-colored um, uh, uh, almost antlers on, on its back, which is obviously to frighten off birds. I'd imagine it's to frighten off birds. There's so many other little And macrophotographers. <laughs> macrophotographers. <laughs> this thing didn't seem in the least bit phased. I was literally a centimeter from this, from this critter, and he didn't move. Um, do you use a do you use a tripod when you do macro photography, or do you just go close up with uh, you know, handheld? I, I took a tripod with me, um, but I didn't end up using it. Um, I, I, you know, I was um, you know it's difficult because you're trying to mm-hmm. you suddenly got to get to a flower on the ground, or you have suddenly got to get up to a um, to a bug in a tree. Um, it's a bit, no, for sure, it makes cumbersome. it difficult. I'm um, going to recommend that you get yourself a very nice um, monopod. Yeah, uh, you can get some good ones out there. Um, that light, you quickly pull it up and down. You just put your foot down on the base, pull it up, pull it down, yeah. and that makes a world of difference. Because with macro, any slight movement, even if the wind, you know, blowing on the flower, you generally yeah. get blur in it. Yeah. But having having just that extra stability, especially because your lens doesn't have um, uh, noise uh, um, vibration reduction. In, yes. Yes. Um, it, it it makes it, and it's so easy to carry around. And I use it a lot for for video work because then you just. Because it's it's a lot better to have something more stable. Yeah. But with a monopod, you can you can still have a little bit of movement and move quickly. And it's uh, yeah, and, and it's, it gives you that stability, that top down stability. And it's much quicker than using a tripod to. Uh, oh yeah, much stuff. quicker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you got a I mean, monopod? Put, which, which brands would you recommend out of interest? Manfrotto is my kind of my favorite. I've got a very old, like a twenty year, thirty year, forty year old monopod. Yeah. I mean, it's very old, uh, and I and I use it because it still works. It's not, it doesn't go. You know, I can't extract it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't really matter for what I use it. So, so you can even use your your tripod as a monopod. Just put one of the legs down. I yep. do that often as well. Okay. Um, so you just have one leg touching the ground, and that also gives you the. But it's a little bit more bulky depending on the tripod you have. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've got a fairly compact Manfrotto, um, which I really yeah, like. You can do the same with that thing. I just mm. put one leg down, and it it gives you. So you you basically have a camera with a pole below it. Yes. Look, for some people it doesn't really help, but uh, it doesn't really work because they want more uh, agility. Yeah. Um, but especially with stuff that is a bit sensitive, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I was amazed though, just handheld that uh, um, you know the ma- majority of my shots were in, in perfect focus. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. If there's a bit of uh, uh, the other issue is when you're photographing a flower, though, it seems to be the flower that's moving in the wind, and the monopod's sure, sure. not really going to help you there. No, no, for sure. That's yeah. that is a slightly different case. But also, if you just do a b- little rapid burst of a few shots, especially in bright sunlight, yeah, yeah, um, one of them will be within that millimeter of depth that you require. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Great. Well, I'll um, I'm going to Google monopods because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what they look like to be honest. But I know man, it's, it's a pole, it's just a, a pole. pole. Manfrotto, Manfrotto, I'm, my Manfrotto tripod is fantastic quality, so yeah. um, I will definitely consider a Manfrotto again if I uh, if I go that route. And uh, I think that's our, uh, I think that's almost our show. Um, we are of course going to be playing out with some music, and it's Rechart's pick this week, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But let's first let's do the quiz. Uh, the first question this week was: Apple, Facebook, and YouTube this week removed content from which controversial U.S. conspiracy theorist? And the guy really is nuts. Uh, mm. His name is Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, quite entertaining sometimes if you watch the highlights. Yeah. Second question: Which major social media company said it wouldn't be pulling the answer to question? one of this of its network and the answer there of course is twitter the ever controversial social network <laughs> and my favorite network still which, oh yeah i love it which south african banks are now offering samsung pay tap and go payments on trial uh and those are absa and uh, they were joined just this week by standard bank and the question nasperos has appointed a ceo for its new video streaming unit who is he and the answer is niklas ektal and the last question in this week's quiz, Chinese internet billionaire Jack Ma was in South Africa this week. Which company did he found? And that is, of course, Alibaba Group. And uh, that's our show. Rehat, we are going to be playing out with uh, a pick of yours this week. What have you got for us? A little Ted Nugent oh, action word, for anybody word. who's into old, uh, old <laughs> rock. Um, and the song is Stranglehold. I'm a relatively new fan. Well, I mean, I don't listen to many of his songs, but uh, this song I heard a few weeks ago, I found it, discovered it on uh, Spotify, and I've uh, loved it ever since, and it's been a permanent part of uh, one of my favorite listen-to podcast uh, playlists. So, yeah, Ted Nugent, Stranglehold. That's great. And remember, you can WhatsApp the show, 071-999-1111, info at techcentral.co.za if you want to go old school. Uh, and, uh, yeah, keep those messages coming, especially voice notes on WhatsApp, and we'll play them back on air. And uh, until next week, from Rechon and myself, cheers and enjoy a bit of Ted Nugent.
Ciao, ciao.
think they're gonna die someday I got news, you never got to go 